Praise God. We want to welcome everyone today. If you're a guest with us, we're so glad you're here with us this morning. Amen. And if you are watching us on theantioch.com in your home and your PJs, God help you. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated for a moment. I, I understand we were I understand the weather and not so I, I I I'll be even shorter than I normally am. I don't want to put anyone in any in, in unnecessary risk because it does look like it's it's still kind of continue to come down. But I want to just th- throw something out here, and I have I have some notes that I've been kind of studying, and I I, I hope I can come back. Um, we have a special speaker next week, and so I won't be able to do it next week. So if I can come back maybe the following week and kind of dive into a little bit beyond just the shallow skimming that I'll do this morning. But my wife and I were in a conversation a few weeks back. We were discussing th- some things, just talking about some stuff that had gone on. And and, and uh, she was making a statement about the fact that, you know, there's some things that, how, how do you know? We, were, we got on the subject a little bit of about you can, God heals, but how do you know? If you're healed, and we kind of went on that, it reminded me of a story. If you remember, several weeks ago, I, I, I began uh, preaching uh, by reading some quotes by Corey Ten Boone. If you don't know who that is, uh, Corey Ten Boone was actually a uh, a Dutch woman who helped hide Jews during the time of the Holocaust. In fact. There's been a book written about it. In fact, they made a little movie. It's called The Hiding Place. If you never read the book, or, 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 or I, I encourage you to get it and read it. It's a, it's a good book about not just about uh, history, but about a lot of stuff, about character, all kinds of stuff. And, and the story of it, it goes, obviously, she eventually gets caught and is sent off to, um, to a concentration camp. And... Uh, goes through the atrocities that are there and all the kind of emotional stuff that happens uh, that, that took place. And I'm not here to get into that. Uh, uh, but eventually she gets let go or set free based on a clerical error. And what was kind of crazy was she was set free based on this clerical error. And then right after she left, all the women in her camp that were her age were put to death. And so she was a remarkable woman and, and had a lot of um, uh, uh, amazing things to say about character and about uh, 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 forgiveness because obviously her sister had died and she had, she had suffered quite a lot at the hands of all this stuff. But even after all that had, had happened, she was struggling with some stuff and she was having some reoccurring nightmares and she wasn't resting well and she was still having a lot of emotional uh, uh, trauma that was taking place because of all this and understandably so. And so finally she went to see a pastor for help, for counseling and she sat down with the pastor. She began to pour out her heart to this man and she told him all that she had 
been through and all that she had seen and experienced and, and just the, the, the trauma and the devastation. And, and, and if you know anything about that period of history, it, it was just beyond belief what one human can do to another human being. And she witnessed that with her own eyes. And she's telling him all this and all the things she went through. And, and she made the statement. She goes, I, I, I've forgiven them. I've let it go, but, but what, what's going on here? What, what's, why is this still kind of, why, are, why is this still here? What's happening? And this pastor gave such a beautiful response to a question. I got to admit sometimes I, I, you learn there's nothing wrong when you're talking to somebody that says, I don't know. The worst thing you can do to somebody when you're talking to them is, is try to give them an answer when you don't have an answer. Because you make it worse. I'll give you a little tidbit on teaching a Bible study. Someone, you're teaching a Bible study and someone asks you a question, you don't know the answer, there's no shame in saying, you know what, I don't know, but I'll find out. Versus trying to sit there going, well, I don't know, but I'm going to try to make something up that sounds good. And next thing you know, you're confused, they're confused, everybody's confused. Then you go find out the real answer and you've got to come back and fix the confusion you started. Just say, listen, I don't have the answer, but I'll find out. Because truth can withstand examination. But he gave such a beautiful answer. He looked out the window and saw this church tower. And he said to her, he said, see that tower there, the church tower? She said, yeah. She said, it has bells up in that tower. She said, later on today, there will be a man that will go over to that tower. He will grab a hold of the rope that's attached to those bells and he will pull those bells several times with some firm tugs and he'll let the rope go. But even after he lets the rope go, the momentum of the bells will continue to allow the bells to ring. And eventually, they'll just kind of die out. Ring, ring, the momentum, the sounds, the vibrations of the bells. They'll continue even after you let go of the rope. And he said to her, he said, even though you let go of the rope, does it mean that the bells stop ringing that day? And a lot of times in our lives, we talk our way out of what God does in our lives because we expect the bells to stop ringing in that moment. We expect that in that moment of forgiveness, in that moment of healing, in that moment of deliverance, that the, the bells will stop ringing the moment we let go of the rope. There are times I've experienced it. Some of you have experienced it here today. There are times that God does instantaneous, miraculous things. But there are other times, but for every reason, He's God. He chooses not to tell us, so we just trust Him. But for whatever reason, there are times where we let go of the rope, but the bells continue to ring. But it doesn't mean just because the bells are ringing today, it doesn't mean that God has not healed. Because even after that I have walked the road of healing, 
and I've walked the road of forgiveness, it doesn't mean that somehow someone has come in and sucked all of the memories and all of that out of my mind, and I'll never, ever, ever, ever think about it again. It doesn't mean that. The question, you know, before has been, and I've got to hear my nose, but I'm not going to get into it because if I do, I'll get too deep and I, I, don't, I don't want to do that today. The hard part sometimes we have is, is that when I deal with something and, and, and I feel like I get over it and I, and, I, and, I, and I move past it, how do I face that situation again? How do I face that same situation that hurt me again? There are sometimes it's unavoidable, but there are times if I, if, if you walked into your kitchen today and the stove was on and you just walked over for whatever reason and took your hand and placed it down on the stove, chances are you're going to get burned severely. You're going to get hurt. You're going to have to go see some medical attention, and they'll have to treat your hand. And eventually, guess what? If it's not too bad, your hand will heal. And your hand will become whole again. There may be some scarring there. There may be some reminders of the damage that was caused. I have a little reminder on my arm of, of, of a severe burn that I had suffered uh, when I was a child. And I have a little bit of reminder. In fact, the reminder here on my arm is the place that was, I was burned the least. And so you have, you have this healing that takes place, but if you go back in your kitchen, does that mean to test your healing, you gotta go back over to the stove and feel it again? Just because I'm healed doesn't mean I want to experience the stove again. But sometimes we feel pressure that if we don't do certain things, that means we're, we're, you know, you're not really healed unless you can do, hey, I don't want to go touch the stove again. But just because I let go of the rope and the bells start to continue to keep ringing in my, in my life doesn't mean that God hasn't done anything. I read this quote that said, C.S. Lewis said this, that forgiveness is a beautiful thing until you have to forgive. Forgiveness is a beautiful thing until you have to forgive. And I would say the most damaging thing in my 34 years now of being in church and observing literally, no exaggeration at this point, thousands of faces that have come and gone. If I could somehow point my finger to one cause, not in every case, but if you had to point your finger to the majority of the reason why, what would be the highest percentage it would come from unresolved Forgiveness issues. Things that are in our lives that go unresolved. You see, a lot of us don't really look at it that way because we can't tie it back to one 
cataclysmic event in our lives. But I've said this before. What is the difference between one rock that weighs 100 pounds or 100 rocks that weigh one pound? What is the effect that it has on you if I ask you to carry around a rock that weighed 100 pounds or I gave you 100 rocks that weighed one pound apiece? There is no difference. There may not be one thing in your life that you could tie back to that 100 pound experience. Maybe you're someone that every once in a while you just get a little rock. One pound rock. One pound rock. But before you know it, you're like, I I don't know how in the world I'm carrying such a heavy weight. Do you realize, I've said this before, and I I still like the imagery of it. If if at your one-year-old birthday, I gave you a a backpack, and somehow we could manufacture it so that it could grow with you, you would never take it off. You would leave it on. Somehow we could make it so you could take a bath with it, but work with me, okay? But you had this backpack on at your first birthday. And every year on your birthday, I would give you a little two-pound rock to put in your backpack. Every year. By the time you are 25 years old, now you have 50 extra pounds that you're carrying. But you know the scary part about it is? You wouldn't even realize it. You wouldn't even realize it because you would have adjusted by that time to the added burden being placed on you. And you know what's hard for some of us is? We don't even realize we carry stuff because it's been put in us by others so gradually. Their hurt has been transferred to us, and now it's our hurt. Their bitterness has been transferred, and and, and we can't tie it back to a moment, to a decision. But we realize now, and so when God comes along and says, I want to do this, it's like, well, do what? But it's amazing to me, have you ever carried something heavy for a period of time and you got tired, and when you, when you let go of that thing, you didn't realize how heavy it was until you finally let that burden go? I find that sometimes the way it is for us, that we don't even realize the effect that certain things have on our lives until we finally get to the point where we're able to start letting things go. And when we finally are able to let them go and God begins to allow us to work in us because the problem is because we are, we are, we are, we are cavities, empty cavities inside of us as the Bible says. We have this container, this place that's filled for, for God. When we put other things in that area, the amazing thing about it is when we give that to God, He has the ability to pour more of Himself into us. And that's why he said, for your ashes, I'll give you beauty. For your mourning, I'll give you joy. For your, for your heaviness and your sorrow, I'll give you joy, happiness. 
that God is the greatest trading program ever. That he doesn't ask for something of equal value. He says, give me what is inside of you and I'll return to you something greater than all that. But so many of us today, and, 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 and I, I think I am going to, the Lord leads, come back to this. So many of us here today, we struggle moving past. And really, when you look at it from one standpoint, the people that should understand forgiveness the most should be Christians. But it's amazing to watch that almost as much uh, Christians struggle with forgiveness as people that don't understand. And we should understand it more. Why? Because we have been forgiven so much. The greatest revelation that I've ever received in my life was when I saw myself as a sinner. I know that's a shock maybe to some of you, but growing up in the church, I don't have some of the stories. But when I came to the realization in my life for me that I needed God just as much as anybody else needed God, I wasn't exempt from anything. And when I realized that He has forgiven me and given me so much, you think about it, folks. There are some people in here that you are good people. I mean that sincerely. If you weren't in church, you probably wouldn't change much. You're just good people. You got good morals. You got good, good, good attitudes. If you weren't really in church, you may not really notice a big difference. First, the rest of us, you wouldn't want to see the, the non-Jesus side of some of us. And there are some of you that, that you know, it's, it, it may be hard to see it because, you know, you just, you're a good person and because of that, you know, it's, it's easy for you to, to just, just, just kind of, kind of sail along with life because you're a good person. And when someone does something wrong, it's hard for you because, you know, you're good and you, and you, and you, and you, you don't do that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of us that, you know, if it wasn't for the grace of God, we would be on that other side. But to understand the fact that we have been given an opportunity unlike any opportunity that's been given to anyone in history. The fact that, that God not only gave us the opportunity to have our sins forgiven, not only did He give us the opportunity to be filled with His Spirit, not only did He give us the opportunity for our, for our salvation to become secure, He goes above and beyond all of that. And He says, you know what? Not only do I care about your eternal future, but also a care about every tear, every hurt, every pain, every wound, Everything that's been done in your life, I care about. 
Not only do I care, but I desire to bring healing and restoration and hope. But to know that if I, with all of that that's available to me, if I withhold my forgiveness, he has to withhold his forgiveness. To know if I choose now there are some things I will say this with, with 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 all sincerity. There are some things you can't get over in one moment. You don't just snap your finger and it goes away. There are some things that you work through as the Lord helps you. You work through. There's layers and there's things and there's steps you take. But the attitude is more important sometimes than the journey getting there. Because the attitude says, I'm not there yet. But God, don't stop until I get there. I'm not there yet. There's still things that I'm working on. There's still things that I'm not, I'm not able to, to, to totally let go of. But God, don't stop until I let it go. Don't stop until this out gets out of me. Because why? Because those things that get in us that may not seem like a big deal now, they start to, 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 to gain footholds in our hearts and spirits. And before you know it, what started off as a seed now has grown into a large tree. And guess what? That tree bears fruit. And when that fruit comes to fruition, it also has seeds. And so now we get into the cycle that grows in mushrooms and now we're eating up, and I've watched people become so eaten up with stuff that if they would have let the Lord de- help them deal with in the beginning, it would have never got to that place. But they got eat up, eat up, eat up with it. Let me finish. I'm, I'm done. We just, I want to just, I ran across this survey. It says this. It was a survey, uh, the, the Barna Research Group, I don't know who that is, but they, they took an in-depth survey on the misunderstanding that surrounds forgiveness. And they asked this, they said, how would you respond to the following questions from the survey? Rate each statement as accurate or inaccurate description of forgiveness. And here's where some of the ones that kind of jumped out. It says, you cannot... Honestly forgive someone unless that person chose some remorse for what they did. 62% agree with that. The next one is if you really forgive someone, you would want that person to be released from their consequences of their actions. 60% agree with that. If you genuinely forgive someone, you should rebuild your relationship with that person. 73% agree with that. And the last one is, if you really forgive someone, you should be able to forget what they have done to you. 66% agree with that. I don't know who these people are, but (laughs) all four of those things are biblically wrong. All four of them. I was going to talk to you to this, and and maybe that whet your appetite to come back again in two weeks, because I wanted to talk to you about the myths of forgiveness. Because those are the myths of forgiveness. If I do this, then I've got to do that. And I do this, and I do that. No, there is a biblical pathway 
to forgiveness that sets me free. Because ultimately, the bottom line, it's not about anybody outside of this. It's about me. I don't know who said it. I've heard the bishop quote it before. He said, unforgiveness is like drinking a poison and hoping the other person dies. It's true. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Ultimately, if, 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 if it never gets resolved externally, we've got to get free internally. Because ultimately, I want to make it to heaven. I want to get to heaven. And I want you to get to heaven. And I can't get to heaven if I'm bound. My mind's bound. My spirit's bound. I've got junk swirling around. And the problem is when that happens, my perspective gets messed up. You can't talk. You can, I've, I've argued with Un- people with unforgiveness for hours. You can't argue with them because their perspective is worn. But ultimately, I want to be free. I want to be free. I want, if you've got to rip the band-aid off, God, you've got to rip the band-aid off. But I want to be free. I want you to be free so that we can become what God wants us to become. But let me just say this in, in closing. Don't let the devil steal your healing just because the bell still rings every once in a while. And don't grab the rope again out of panic because you feel like the bell's still ringing. He who the Son has set free is free indeed. He who the Son has healed is healed indeed. Who the Son has delivered is delivered indeed. If I've let go of the rope, the bell can continue to ring. But I know God is faithful. He's healed me. He's touched me. And I'm going to confess and claim that that is the case. Would you stand today? We're going to pray here just for a moment. And I wish I had some more time to get into some really good stuff that the Lord has shown me, and hopefully he can do it again. But that doesn't stop us from taking this moment and saying, God, by your grace, we need your grace. I need your grace. Because I, I, need, your gra- I need your grace to get through some things, and there's some things that, hey, I would say 90% of us in this room are working through some things. Right now. And for the rest of you, 10%, it's only because it's not your time yet. It's coming. (laughs) Let's hope next time I'm in that 10%. (laughs) But you know what? I believe that God's grace is sufficient. I believe his grace is sufficient. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come. And I know in the chaos of the moment, the weather, it's, sometimes it seems like we're just here to fulfill an obligation. But I know, God, that you, you always meet us here because you're faithful. God, I pray that we, we need your grace, a fresh revelation of your grace to come in our lives today. That we can understand and we can see the power that's available to us. Not only to, to, to heal us, but to set us free that we can walk in newness of life. I pray, God, that you would open our eyes and our hearts, our spirits, that give us the grace and the strength to walk the journey that you have 
ask this walk. But more importantly, Lord, I pray. And our prayer today is don't quit until you finish the work you've started. Don't stop until you've finished. Lord, however long it's got to take, I'm asking you, Lord, don't stop until you finish the work in us that we can become who you have called us to be. Pray, God, that you would touch us today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Please be careful. We're going to ask right about the back. If you could go out the back, it's a little safer if you go out that back way. We're, uh, we're the, the, it's still icy a little bit. So please be careful on the way home. Uh, we will let you know this afternoon about this evening service through email or uh, Facebook or through telepentecostal, whatever works the fastest. So please be careful and safe out there. God bless you.